And Daryl McIntyre on 630 Chan. Good morning, everyone. 706 this Friday morning, and you think your job is stressful. <laughs> yeah, could you imagine making something for millions of people to see? And what if it fails? And everyone's like, look at the ice. Isn't that terrible? What if you screwed up the Heritage Classic? Or wow. what if, like, a big-name player, obviously, uh, we're thinking right now Connor McDavid probably won't play in it, but what if Leon Dreisaitl, you know, steps on or trips over something on the ice and ruins his career? And, the, like, that's, that's, that's... Yeah. Once again, pressure. Once again, we go down the wow. uh, pessimist is never. <laughs> you're, no, but I'm just, you're dark. just saying what if. <laughs> just what if it'd you, be stressful <laughs> to to make the ice, uh, you know, in in uncertain conditions. Like there's a lot of things going against you. You're you're in the elements. Uh, producer Chris Gardner spoke to the man overseeing the ice. Wow, right. we set him good up. Good morning. No, that's good. I have it on very good authority that there will be no bumps in this ice. This ice <laughs> is going to be flawless. Uh, I uh, I scored an interview this week with uh, Derek King. He's the NHL's Senior Director of Facilities and Hockey Operations. Now, I have to admit, though, that while talking to Derek, I did keep thinking of this guy. The Iceman cometh in this universe. There's only one absolute. Everything freezes. Arnie's greatest role ever. Yes. <laughs> I had a lot of fun pulling clips today. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. So, yeah, you thought of that. I thought of that. But, you know, that's, that's the absolute opposite of Derek. He's actually quite a warm guy. We had, we had a good chat uh, talking about the ice. And he is in charge of the super team. They're out there creating the ice at Commonwealth Stadium, of course, for this weekend's big game. And he tells me transforming a football field that's normally used by our Edmonton Elks into a space, including a hockey rink, well, takes a lot of hard work and a ton of water parking the ice plant trailer, doing the pipe run to the field, and then we've we've built the rink out on the field along with BAM Productions. So they've they've assisted in that build with a lot of local labor. And then we obviously have our, our ice crew um, that's that's in with us, which is about fourteen guys. So yeah, everything everything is going well up to this point. And I think by the time we're done, um, we'll, we probably will have used, you know, 22,000, 25,000 gallons of water to make the sheet. Yeah, that's, wow, that's a lot. Yeah, when you think about it, and it's all from our local water supply. You know, they, they, they don't bring in anything special. And uh, so in, in working on this sheet, uh, I was talking to Derek that, you know, it's one not-so-simple goal that they have. It's to provide just an amazing ice surface for these players. Uh, the last thing that we want is for them to come into Commonwealth and have to think about the ice. So for us, it's, um, you know, to provide a sheet as close as possible as we can to an indoor facility. Um, but knowing that there's some factors that we can't control weather or that. So we'll, we'll do what we can to control temperatures going out to the rink. Um, you know, if we need to warm up that sheet, we have the, we have the equipment to do that. So really for us, we just, we want to take that concern away from the players, you know, let them worry about the game. And, you know, we know it's an important game for them. There's two points on the line for both teams. So 
um, we just we just have to focus on the job that that we have in front of us. Mm-hmm. It's not exactly like they can snap their fingers. They've been working on this for a little while. Yeah, no, they've been at this for about a week and a half now. They uh, got the keys to the venue back on October 16th, and uh, they'll be, the ice will be put to its first real test tomorrow, Saturday, when the Oilers and the Flames are scheduled to take to the ice and practice at Commonwealth. You know, obviously practice day is an important time for the players, but we also... Um, it's also practice day for us, so it allows us to work with the ice crew. Um, you know, everyone's got their assignments for game day. Um, you know, our, our drivers will be out on the machine, so they'll they'll get to hit the ice, you know, a, a day before practice. And it also allows us to kind of fine-tune the truck and the settings that we have. So, we'll, again, we'll watch the weather closely. Um, we'll, we'll schedule, you know, what we need to do on game day. Um, and we'll kind of work through that on our practice day. So as much as it's practice day for the players, it's also practice day for us to kind of get ready for game day. Uh, Derek, I was uh, talking to him. He says so far, though, his uh, ice-making team, they're very happy with this progress. Yeah, you know, obviously this is the 20-year the anniversary from when we had the first game here. So we were, uh, we were very familiar with the setup. Um, uh, you know, where we were going to park the truck, where the rink was going to go. So for us, for the, the build, it was, um, you know, it's, it's one of the nicer facilities we've been in. So it's, it's, it's definitely been great. Everyone here to work with the Commonwealth has been great. Um, yeah, it's, it's been fun to, uh, to be in Edmonton doing this event. Uh, there's always a history. It seems to me mm-hmm. that Edmonton, we always talk about the great ice, whether it was at Northlands Coliseum or wherever it was. Right. And... and- uh, the same guy is responsible for it, too, because it was Dan Craig who made the ice at uh, the old Rexall Skyreach Coliseum, right? <laughs> uh, and uh, he was the guy who was tasked with doing the ice for the original mm-hmm. uh, Heritage Classic, and he did such a great job on that, he turned it into a career with the NHL, yeah, cool. and, and now it's his son who does and it. And he passed those skills on to his son, uh, Mike Craig, who is actually Derek King's partner in creating the ice for, for, for this year's venue. And, um, you know, it's... Uh, well, I was going to say uh, he, he told, talked a bit about working with Mike. You know, Mike Mike was here with, with his dad, Dan. Um, but we do have a, a couple guys on the crew that were here. So, you know, obviously Mike Craig was here, Jeff Fletcher, Chris Lewis. Those are guys that, you know, we've, we've heard a lot of stories from, you know, the game 20 years ago and, and how things have changed. And, you know, obviously it was a, definitely a cold cold game back then. So, um, it's 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 been fun just listening to all the stories and, and kind of being able to work with those guys as well. Yeah. So Derek, uh, I was talking to him about game day itself, and uh, you know it's it, it's not a fun day, you know, for for oh, those yeah. guys. That is the day of stress. And uh, he was telling me that on Sunday, their focus will be what's happening underneath the players' feet. Yeah, not on the ice, right? You know, it's it's definitely a long day for us. We're we're in early. Um, we're working with the crew to kind of get everything set up and. Um, everyone's got their assignments for the day. So for us, um, you know, it's more just sitting back and kind of, like I said earlier, just paying attention to the finer details and, and, and doing what we can to make sure that, uh, that everything runs smooth on game day. Okay, you know, they've got the big ice plant. They've got a whole team. They've got the NHL behind them. They have a history of ice makers and stuff. You don't get that in your own backyard. So do these guys have anything that they can say to, to me if I wanted to do something in my backyard, to mm-hmm. any hockey parent or skating parent or just anyone? Right, yeah, no, I, I talked to Derek about uh, if he had any tips for fans who maybe get a little inspired to build their own backyard rink. Um, have fun with it. You know, it's uh, it's definitely a great time of year to build outdoor rinks and you get to spend time with family and friends. So just, uh, 
take, take the time and planning and, and finding a good spot to build your outdoor rink and, and just enjoy the time. Cool party. I will blanket the city in endless winter. <laughs> Okay, that last part wasn't Derek. <laughs> yeah, no, so the, the the ice is ready to go. I have it on very good authority. Uh, Mr. King has it uh, well in hand, and uh, it should be a good show. Well, we'll, we'll find out tomorrow. I guess practice. they just want it to be invisible, right? They don't want it to be right. a, yeah. a factor or, or another element uh, of the game. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, Like you said, he doesn't want the players to have to think about it. There's a couple points on the line for the teams, mm-hmm. and uh, it's uh, it's an important day for everyone around, you know, especially not, them. It's not their first rodeo either. They've no. done this so many times now since in the last 20 years. I mean, they've produced ice to play an NHL game on at Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles, yeah. and it was fine. They right. did it at Lake Placid. Mm-hmm. You know, they have done it in all sorts of climates, and I would think this one would be pretty conducive. And the temperature looks like it's going to be like zero... Just below zero, just above zero. Yeah, just the yeah so that's one. I think that's kind of but with sun, so optimal. the sun, Kate. You know, I'm sure that they could do without the sun. But, but yeah, you told us you told us before that they sort of time out uh, morely the uh, the time of it and the way the stadium is when the sun sets. Yeah, that a game time it should be in shadow. Yeah, that's right? what they're trying to do. They, I think they've gone back and they've looked at data on that date and decided mm-hmm. like the sun's going to be here. And I know, uh, I think the last time the Otters played an outdoor game was in Winnipeg, and I think they had to push that game back an hour or so well the sun set in Winnipeg as I recall and I know it's the sun's been an issue at a lot of the outdoor games so that's why you gotta have the timing the way it is and there should be a lot less Zamboni running this year I was reading that at the original it was so cold that the machines were in danger of freezing up <laughs> and so they had to just keep running them yeah, it was and, cold uh, yeah, that, of just for the whole three the hours they wouldn't turn it off yeah, oh, yeah. it was uh, it was a cold cold day awesome uh, morning uh, producer Chris Gardner thanks for coming in thanks for sharing your chat with Derek King no, my pleasure. Right on. Uh, let's take a quick break. Come back here in a moment. Yeah, and if somebody has his, uh, you know, memories of that day, text us. Let us know. You can get a hold of us at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. How did you keep warm <laughs> twenty years ago, sitting in Commonwealth Stadium watching the Heritage Classic? Tell us the stories. We'll have some of them coming up next. This morning with Stacey Bratzel and Daryl McIntyre on 630 Chat, supported by Abe's Door Service with 24-7 emergency service where you speak to an actual person. Visit abesdoor.ca. Here's a case of good planning. Uh, Scott at the original Heritage Classic says he and his wife brought a one-foot-by-five-foot piece of Berber carpet to put under their feet on the frozen mm. concrete. Worked like a charm, feet were nice and toasty throughout. Because they weren't on frozen concrete. They had a little buffer. Good call. That is a good call. Uh, We also got this text from Robin. It was so cold at the Classic, I had to constantly pop holes in my beer to take a sip because it was (laughs) freezing in the top. (laughs) Freezing, I'm assuming? Uh, Cedric insists that he stayed warm by going to the washrooms and stuffing his boots with toilet paper. You had bad boots. (laughs) You had to use toilet paper as insulation. That's pretty funny. Maybe. Uh, We got this text. I didn't actually go to the game back in 2004, but I got to go to the practice the day before through winning a contest through my school. So some good memories there. Oh, very cool. I, uh, I took my son out of school that day and took him to the practices. 
uh, to watch. And uh, yeah, we had a, we had a good day. We and then your day. experience, I mean, like, it's pretty cool that you you were doing color for that game. So yep. you and Rod Phillips did that. Broadcast. Yeah, we did. We broadcast it. And uh, my biggest memory is walking into the booth for the first time, and mm-hmm. the TV people decided that they needed a TV camera in our booth. Why? Uh, I don't know. Just, uh, so <laughs> it's you know TV what, people. You Whatever. know what that means? The windows were open. Oh, no. And the windows had been open for a oh. long time. And uh, honest to goodness, I walked in, and I, I first the coldness struck me as I opened the door, and then I walked down to our spot, and the, the headsets were out, and the, the cable on the headset was frozen solid. <laughs> and I could actually pick up my headset by the cable, and, and the headphones would go like up and like on a like a It's like one of yeah. those invisible dog leashes that you buy at K-Days. That's what it looked like. It was unbelievable. And so we were said, you prepared? Because you didn't know that this situation was going to be like this when you we, got dressed uh, Rod, in the morning. Rod and I raised a bit of a stink, and uh, our boss at the time, Alan Watt, who was one of the guys behind the invention of this outdoor mm-hmm. game, uh, he went to bat for us and got the camera taken out, and we closed the windows, uh, most of the windows. We had the little, there's a little vent window on the right side. We had that open, but the heater was on above our heads. So uh, I've, I've known you now for a little while. I've, I've, I knew Rod back in the day. I'm trying to visualize the look on his face and the things coming out of his mouth during those moments. <laughs> you are correct, how much, sir. How much can you describe of uh, your old buddy Rod Phillips' reaction? I cannot. <laughs> it okay. started with no and it ended with way. Uh, you <laughs> fill in the rest. <laughs> 28 variations of another word in between. Yes, indeed. So, And uh, they took the camera out and we went on and uh, had a fun time and a great broadcast. We did the old-timers game, too, which yeah. was just well, so They cool. called it Mega Stars. Think, they called I it Mega Stars. I think people will remember that yeah. uh, more than anything else. And they don't do that anymore for the outdoor games. Mm-hmm. Like They don't have those old-timers games. That was something so special. To see, and to see all those guys out there with shovels, shoveling the snow off the off the ice and everything between periods. It was just so cool. And Mark Messier played in the old-timers game and yeah. then went back and rejoined the New York Rangers and continued yeah. playing for them because he came and played, even though he was still playing for the Rangers at that time. Right? Yeah, but but he, didn't want, he didn't want to miss it. No. Yeah, apparently he had to wear a helmet. It was Yes. It was one of, if, if if you wanted to play in this game, yeah, you, you have to wear a helmet, and the other the other stars didn't. So. Yeah, a lot of a lot of them just wear the toques. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Special sure. special dispensation. Can you imagine right now if uh, I can't even imagine a similar situation that you'd can't. go and play and put the colors of another team on when you're still playing for your team? That to me was just that's how special this was, and that everybody recognized how special all this was. You know, he was allowed to do that. You know why he was allowed to do that? Because he because the Glenn president Sather. and general manager yeah. of the New York Rangers was Glenn Sather, <laughs> yeah. and uh, that's why. There you yeah. go. <laughs> so, there you who go. was also there, and I think was coaching the old timers. So well, I'm sure he wasn't putting Messi out on the penalty killer no. in any situations that would get him in trouble. And he was already captain New York, so he'd already yeah. done his yeah. thing, right? Yes. So he'd yes. already got them a Stanley Cup and their yeah. guarantee and all the rest of that stuff. So he, he could do no wrong anyway. Yes, absolutely. And coming up on Reed's show tonight, Inside Sports at 7 o'clock, he's going to be talking to Jose Theodore, who played with the toque. Most right? iconic picture that I remember is him crouched and is just waiting, like, you know, he's not in the play. He's kind of leaning over. He's got the toque on, and you can see his breath coming out. Uh, it's just a beautiful, beautiful picture. Yeah, and that's, that's the imagery, right? Yeah. It's the outdoor rink imagery that uh, you love so much. I wonder at what point they would have canceled that game. 
They wouldn't have. They were at, close at no point. I don't think. No, but they, they had I, to think about it. Uh, they, it was cold. That, that was the biggest thing. Was was the cold to deal with? And I know uh, you mentioned about Reed tonight. We're gonna be talking about it. Uh, Shay today has Jason Smith on, who was the captain of the mm-hmm. Oilers at the time. And I told Shay yesterday. I said I've always heard this rumor. It's twenty years later. Maybe Jason Smith will confess to it now. But legend has it that he and Saku Koivu, who was the captain of the Canadians, met in a dark lane, uh, dark alley behind Commonwealth Stadium, and had a discussion. And they said, okay, no face washes, no hacks to the ankles, just let's play smart. Nobody, Nobody's an idiot in this game and does stupid stuff that's going to hurt even more because yeah. it's cold. So, uh, Those kind of things, when it's that cold, oh. exponentially worse. Well, we talked things, earlier about those how... Those things ex- shouldn't happen in normal games either. Well, but they we, do. They well, do. They well, do well, but they we talked shouldn't. earlier about Sorry, face Mom. washes and, and alerted you to the fact that face washes exist. Uh, they're horrible... At an indoor game, can you imagine when it's minus twenty outside and you get a face wash? Well, it's like oh, getting an the cheeks are all red and they're scraped up. Oh, that would be awful. So, yeah, that'll be an interesting interview yeah, today about yeah. how they handled it. You know, fans, we've got it pretty easy. We've got our apparently the most popular drink was Bailey's and hot chocolate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've got our Bailey's and hot chocolate, and certainly it's cold. But uh, we, of course, we don't have to play a hockey and game. A lot of people driving around that morning trying to find hot shots in the city and probably couldn't. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Hey, it's also Food Friday, so coming up later, the head chef at uh, Commonwealth Stadium will see if a Bailey's and hot chocolate is uh, being offered up at the stadium for uh, Heritage Classic. That and all the rest of the food that's available. So that's still to come.